Given a chance to ramble, I'll ramble all day. Hell yeah. Cause you're a <laughs> rambling man. Don't mess rambling around guy. with any old rambling man. Oh, R-A-M-B-L-I-N apostrophe, oh, rambling. Okay, yeah, we were doing two different uh, rambling songs there. <laughs> but it worked out. Uh, hmm, maybe we, we, we should did, do a mashup of it, huh? <laughs> maybe so. Mm-hmm. Dude, Steve Martin's Wild was his first album, Wild and Crazy Guy. I think it was. Um, I think so. Is that the one where he's got the uh, balloon animals on his head and an arrow through his yeah. head or something, and he's yeah. got a yeah. Groucho Marx nose on? Oh. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the balloon animals, and the, I think he does have a Groucho Marx nose and or an arrow, or I don't know. It's the, but I remember. Well, you know, God, we're old, because I remember when you first started seeing him on TV shows. Right. Saturday Night Live in particular, and others, I'm sure, but... Yeah, I think... I can't remember necessarily that, but I definitely remember his appearances on SNL. Yeah, I do too, and I'm just trying to remember if I saw him anywhere before that or not, you know? And I don't remember, but I just remember... He was so funny and so mm-hmm. unique. Right. And, um, you, you know, nobody had done comedy quite like that. Right. And it, it, was, it was so, it was just like one of those amazing things. Yeah. I remember uh, at least one friend of mine had that album, the, the one we described earlier. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I had yeah, it on eight track. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're bona fide. You are bona fide. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, we. But yeah, we, he and I would listen to that album and just laugh and and play it multiple times. So yeah, it was. Uh, oh yeah. Pretty amazing yeah. stuff. Um, now didn't he get his start as a a comedy writer for somebody famous, Sid Caesar? Mothers no. Brothers. Who? Smothers Brothers. Oh, Smothers Brothers. Okay. Yeah. I do believe that's one of the places he one of his first jobs was TV writing for the Smothers Brothers. Okay, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's he's not old enough to have written for Sid Caesar. I don't think so, no. Now, did um, Wo- did Woody Allen write for Sid Caesar? He did. Okay. All right. Woody Allen, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um I just I was you know, uh, Steve Martin has a, an awesome autobiography. Uh, oh, and I don't remember what it's. Oh, it's called Born. I think it's called Born Standing Up. And he, hmm. he talks about, you know, when he was a kid, he worked at uh, um, Disneyland and at Knott's Berry Farm. And, and he was into magic. And he it's it's just I mean, it's his autobiography from the time he was little until until he became famous, basically. Hmm. And um, it's a great book. It's really if, interesting he's an interesting guy very you know he's very smart and um but he talks about some of those early days of doing stand-up when he was doing stuff that nobody else was doing Mm -hmm. and 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 trying stuff that nobody else had done there's a story in there about where he's he's doing a show in you know in in his early days and he ends the decides to end the show by just inviting everyone to walk out into the street with him. I can't remember if they're going to go across the street and get ice cream or something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he basically ended the show with everyone following him out of the theater wow. down the street. Oh, that's wild. And didn't he yeah. reprise that one time on Saturday Night Live? I think there was something similar to that on Saturday Night Live one time. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that, that sounds so very much familiar. Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He may have. Yeah. Um, and what comedian can say that, you know, they uh, have a banjo as part of their act? That was... Right. Part, right. I mean, that was a big part of his, at, at least his first album. I don't know how how much he carried that over, but he definitely also, when he was on Saturday Night Live, did his banjo bits as well. So. Oh yeah, Ramblin' Guy, mm-hmm. so good. And R A M B L I N apostrophe a Ramblin'. Oh Ramblin'. <laughs> yeah. Then he'd whistle, but I can't whistle right now. Right. My lips are a little um, dry. <laughs> wow. Let, let's get small and yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Bring me back memories. One time I got so small I got sucked up in a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and then the and then the drug wore off. <laughs> I retained the shape of a vacuum cleaner for 7 days. <laughs> Just so, uh-huh. Oh man, I used to know that whole album by heart cuz you know. Right. An eight, uh, a comedy album is the perfect um genre for an 8-track tape. Because, you know, 8-track tapes changed tracks four times playing an album. <laughs> right, that's and true. not that big of a deal if you're listening to a stand-up comedian. Not, not like when you're listening to songs and they would fade out in the middle and fade up on the next track. Yeah. But I hated that. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a rude awakening or an abrupt shift. And you're like, what? what's going on? Right. Oh, yeah, track change. Yeah, people people became accustomed to that. So um, Well, I, one of the, tracks, one of the wow. best... One mm-hmm. of the yeah, you just got used to it. One of the best ones I ever had. I had Bowie's um, um, "Station to Station" on eight track, and okay. you know it has the song "Wild is the Wind" on it. Mm-hmm. And in the in the song, the music stops and he sings, "Don't you know your life itself?" <laughs> and then the track would change and the drums <laughs> kicked in. <laughs> wow, it was perfect. It was like they timed it right to that mm-hmm. track change. Yeah, that's that's planning. <laughs> that was the best. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that the um, eight-track tape that you would ride your bicycle down the street with your portable eight-track player? <laughs> yes, yes. It, it is. The basket of my three-speed bicycle. <laughs> oh, wow. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh man, I want to. You know, I want to do a short film that just has a kid doing that. Riding, riding down a country road with a three-speed bicycle with a wire basket on the front, an oh eight, eight-track tear powered by six D-cell batteries playing <laughs> Bowie's Moss Garden from Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, oh, that is so wild. Uh, That's my, my childhood right there, wow. my teen years. <laughs> so... How many plays could you get off of of those uh, six D cells? Jeez, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> not many. I know not many. Yeah. I never had. Well, you know, you we know. lived in the country too, and I never had money, so we never, you know, they would. I'd, I'd get the D cell batteries when I bought the, when I got the eight track tape player as a gift, I think for Christmas. Yes. And then that was probably the only time I ever had enough batteries to run. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, so after that, you had to plug it in. Had to plug it in, yeah. And, and couldn't but ride. I must have, I must, couldn't ride your bike with it. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I must have had them at times because I remember doing that kind of in the summer, and I know I got the eight track player for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So maybe, uh, maybe I would, you know, I, I would say I used to get an allowance when I was a kid. So maybe I would save my allowance and buy D cell batteries. I don't. I'm sure I did. Wow. All right. 
Yeah, so you have fond memories of uh, 8-track tape player, and I never had an 8-track tape player. My uh, older brother had an 8-track tape player. Um, now, my first pride and joy was, was uh, getting my first um, uh, cassette Walkman. Of course, you know, it wasn't a Walkman. I couldn't afford a Walkman. I got a Walkman knockoff you know but right hey it still worked and it played music and i, I could carry it around was a my, walkman hmm? w-o-k-m-a-n walkman <laughs> yes made in china <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but oh uh, it cooks music yeah. real good <laughs> yeah it's like uh that you think you've died and gone to heaven being able to carry your tunes around with you man that's just amazing oh yeah you know yeah. i had when i was a kid before i was before i had the track tape my my grandparents had like a a cassette tape player, but it was mm-hmm. it was more of one of those ones to talk into, not really one was that it was a, to play music. A tabletop music. It was a tabletop kind. It was like a rectangular, you know, about a you know ten inches by six inches. And right. You, yeah, you push a button and a little thing pops open. And, right. Uh, yeah. And you had to push your... play and record together. And mm-hmm. right. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, actually, I had one of those kind, kind of as a hand me down from one of my, <laughs> from one of my, uh, it was either my brother or my sister. And uh, after a while, it had a, it had a, um, didn't have gears in it, but it had like a drive um, belt or a, 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 it was like a wheel with rubber around it that was part of the drive system. But after a while, that rubber wore off, so the thing would stop playing. So we'd have to mm. <laughs> go in there, steal some of my um, older sister's uh, rubber bands for her braces, and put it <laughs> on that wheel. Put multiple ones on there to get that drive wheel to work again. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, you are far more resourceful than I was. We would have just been like, "It doesn't work anymore." <laughs> right. I don't know what to do? Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm. I'm not sure. I was the one who discovered that. That's how you could get it to work again. I think it might have been my brother <laughs> who discovered how to do that. But uh, right. Yes, it's, that's funny. The things that you remember about mundane yeah, things. Know. But I guess it was important well, at the time. So. Right. Well, I was just thinking. You know, my. My grandparents had a, a cassette recorder, one of mm-hmm. the early ones, and I think I think you know back in the this was maybe I was just didn't know that there was such a thing, but yeah. at the time I don't think you could buy manufactured tapes of mu- music. I for think you're the right. Recorder. I think it was made. Mm-hmm. It was mainly made like a reel-to-reel deck where it just recorded, you know, people used it to re- for home recordings. And yes. my grandparents played music, and so they would record themselves playing music, mm-hmm. um, in which I still have some of those tapes, which is cool. Wow. But it was just a little tabletop set with a little microphone that they put la- put on the table and then sat around and recorded music. Yeah. And then – we had one at the house when that I think was, you know, my mom or dad must have been my mom's. And I, I was just thinking, I remember we bought some, we had maybe 10 cassettes. Yeah. And we bought some one, one time at some, some cheap kind of dollar store type place before they were called dollar stores. Uh-huh. Um, that, that as when I got older, I realized they were bootlegs because they were all, all the covers were the same. It was just a green cover with, with the name of the artist and the album title uh-huh. on it. Uh huh. And yeah. we had Helen Reddy's I Am Woman and <laughs> Billy Paul, Me and Mrs. Jones. and Right. Yeah, I remember getting uh, cassettes like that, yeah, like from a, 
a dollar store or what you know some sort of a discount store and um yeah it would be famous artists but the covers would all be in either spanish or some other foreign language and so it's either <laughs> i guess it was they were you know just cheap imports that uh, were being sold so it was uh, right yeah the same same situation i guess well probably you know that's probably you were down here you were probably getting cheap mexican imports right um, right where i was in the midwest so i don't know what where those you know somebody somebody definitely bootlegged these other ones uh-huh. that because it was just a very plain packaging generic packaging uh, um, yeah yeah I, I think i recall there yeah some mexican imports and you could buy different artists, and it was all based under this thing called uh, El History del Rock or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But uh, and was it recorded at a uh, recording level so hot that it was uh, distorted? <laughs> uh, luckily, no. They were actually they weren't weren't too bad, you know. But I'm sure the the materials you used know, like, were like the cheapest plastic they could to make the body of the cassette and, you know, really shitty recording tape that over time stretches out and you end up with very slow playing music. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or worse. Back in the day. Or worse where yep. it stretches out to where it just starts squealing as you're playing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the that. worst, yes, mm-hmm. where yeah. the squeal is louder than the music coming out of the <laughs> tape deck. Yeah, exactly. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, that same little shitty desktop uh, uh, tape recorder. I remember one time using uh, some thrown-together patch cords to where I could plug the microphone input into uh, a radio so that whatever was playing on the radio, I could record directly. I didn't have to just oh, hold, wow. hold the little microphone up to the speaker of the of the radio. Wow. <laughs> Which is always fraught with peril because, you know, if you're trying to record something with uh, with just the, uh, the the microphone that's on the, the deck itself, there's always somebody walking in and making noise and screwing it up. So when you got a oh, little exactly. patch cord, you don't have to worry about that crap. So Right, you know. right. It's yeah. just like I remember when I, I think I was – well, I know I was still in high school when when somehow – I don't know if I bought it or I'm sure my parents bought it as a gift for a holiday or something. But, but yeah. I got my first um, console thing you know that had a, a radio, a, a um, record player, and a tape deck all in the same unit where oh, you could yeah. actually record, you know, record the vinyl mm-hmm. uh, onto, the, onto a cassette tape and make your own mixtapes. That was the greatest gift oh, ever. Yeah. Absolutely. That, um, yeah, that was something that I, I, I purchased at the a local um, uh, electronics shop in LaGrange. Um, and some, I can't remember. I was a sophomore in high school or something. And uh, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought I was the shit then. Boy, every, you know, right, every, yeah. everything integrated, you know, the tape player, the radio, the other. Yeah, the turntable right yeah uh yeah yeah i i used that thing until i i mean i wore that thing out until it wouldn't play anymore (laughs) um hell yeah you know that's right i used it so much yeah i loved it Mm -hmm. i would play dj and it was funny because when (laughs) just a few years a few years ago um my sister told me um 
that she she would have like friends over and they would hear me and they'd be like, what's that? And then she'd be like, oh, it's just my brother pretended to be a DJ. But I would like <laughs> great. I would like have a have a song queued up in the in the cassette deck. And then, you know, while it's, I would I would play a song on the the uh, vinyl on the a record, you know, and as it was ending, I would switch over to the tape deck and start the song on the tape deck and then go back and. I just wow. thought I was, and then I'd, I'd announce it. We had this guy come to our high school, like on career day mm-hmm. and told us he was, a, he worked at a local radio station and he told us that when he was a kid at their high school, they had a high school radio station. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I was right. like, man, so I would pretend I was like, uh, our high school, uh, it was our high school radio station and, 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 you know, um, did the call letters with the K and then our mm-hmm. K H S, you know, and, Right. I had a good old time. Oh, that's great. Well, see, you were you were destined to work in radio because you eventually ended up working in radio. That's so, true. I was I had lots of practice. It, it was it was yeah, it was good training for you at an early early age. So, there you go. That's yeah. Awesome. One of the things yeah. One of the things the guy told us that I thought was just the greatest story was that when he worked at his high school radio station, one time he played um, Rock the Boat by the Hughes Corporation. Uh-huh. And he he started the song by going, Mayday, Mayday, it's the Hughes Corporation on on whatever the call, you know. Uh-huh. And then the adult sponsor, the teacher sponsor came running in and going, you can't say Mayday on the radio. That means <laughs> something's wrong. And just jumped all over his case. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, the international distress call. Right, exactly, so, yeah. It's like, oh, you can't do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if there truly is an FCC regulation that says you can't do that unless there really oh, is an emergency. I, I'm sure, you know, there is. I mean, someone, yeah. you know how the FCC is. Someone would have to yeah. to turn it in and, you know, but well, that's it true. was just funny because <laughs> he was like, you can't, you can't do whatever you want sometimes, you know. No, that was just a great right. story. Yeah, that's the that's the equivalent of uh, yelling fire in a crowded movie theater, <laughs> right? Sort yeah, of. saying "Mayday" on the radio. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but that's just nutty. A, a, yeah, great story that I just will never forget. That story. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it was in Texas or in uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who the guy was or any of that stuff, but I can remember okay. him telling that story. Wow, that's funny. My uh, so. my high school did not have a, uh, a a student radio station. However, there was a a club called Decca in high school. I was not a member of Decca, but I believe it was like every Friday night or something they would go to the local radio station and uh, play the you know play the hits the top 40 uh and they took requests and so uh you know we thought it was the coolest thing to be able to call in and request a particular song on our local radio station my goodness oh wow that was big time for lagrange (laughs) right yeah not really but you know we thought it was a cool thing to have you know because right yeah because our local radio station really was a mostly just played country music and stuff so when we could play the music that we wanted to hear boy that was something else that's exciting yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Right. Well, that's what everyone back in the day when people got into radio, you know, that was what you thought it was going to be, that you'd just get to be on the air and play whatever you want. But mm-hmm. I learned pretty pretty quickly that that's not how it really works. Yeah. Yeah, I you guess know. especially on yeah, commercial radio for sure. Yeah, there are there are yeah. guidelines and they hand you probably, you know, block tapes of music that's allowed to be played. I don't know how it works. Well, you have you ha- you definitely have a playlist. Well, mm-hmm. there's different ways it can work. As as time went on and and radio stations got more modern, it would be a literal computer printout of each song in order that you were to play. Okay. Um at some small radio stations I worked at, they would have this thing that was like a color wheel. So like at the top of the hour you would play a red song and a red song would be one of the hot hits right now usually the uh, top tens uh-huh. okay. and so so there would be a stack of red they they put them on these things that look like eight track tapes that are called carts but they're not eight track tapes they're 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 a little different but mm-hmm. so there would be a stack of of uh carts with the songs and with the red color code on it and you would just take one that hadn't been played yet and play it and then you would turn it upside down and put it at the bottom so it wouldn't get played again mm, until okay. all the other songs had been played so okay. it was a so it was a it was a constructed kind of thing but a little bit more freedom okay. to do that was this on um, was this so there were some radio on, st- this was on tape is that correct the the songs yes yeah yeah I- individual cartridges for like each an, song correct oh, okay. okay and there'd be an individual individual cartridge for each um uh commercial an individual cartridge cartridge for the for the jingles you know that would be like the the Mm -hmm. station jingles and and different things so yeah everything was kept on one of these carts and they were all over the studio in these holders on the wall and you know like commercials would be numbered and so you'd play commercial 312 and you'd go over there and get it and so you'd have a stack of carts that you had built that you were going to be playing and then the stack right. of cards that you hadn't played yet that you had to, or that you'd already played that you had to refile. And, you know, it's just kind of a, you were just constantly juggling cards, basically. Holy um, hell. That had to be cumbersome yeah. as shit. <laughs> it, it, it could be. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know, now it's, I'm pretty sure now most radio stations, probably 99.9% of radio stations everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's all on computer. Of course, it's all just done on computer Got- and the computer gotta be gotta be right yeah yeah now i'm sure like small stations like co-op radio in austin they're probably still you know actually pushing in cds and things like that because every show every show is different you know it's a right because it's right and there was a radio so there was a time when cds started coming into play that putting the music on carts went away and you just played the cds um uh, mm-hmm. it's you'd, you'd still have a list of and of course all the cds would be numbered and you'd go get cd number you know 570 and that would be you know whoever led zeppelin and and mm-hmm. you had on your list of what song to play off led zeppelin and okay. and um so it wasn't like carts it was mm-hmm. okay yeah cds but it wasn't necessarily like just one song on one cd it was actually you had to you had to punch in which track you were going to play. 
Right, right. Uh, okay. Although there were, you know, CD singles and there were single song CDs made just for radio stations. Sometimes the record company mm-hmm. would send you the, the song they were trying to get played on the radio on a CD where there were no other songs on it. OK. Um, so sometimes sometimes it would have one, sometimes three or four, it, you know, but most uh, most of the time it would be just a re- that band's regular CD release that the public had. OK. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, little a little radio knowledge, a little yeah. radio story. I guess I don't know. We some boy, history we slid on that slippery slope right we, there. We sure <laughs> did. I mean, we went from I don't know where Steve Martin down to uh, uh, Lodger uh, spinning spinning plates at uh, at the local <laughs> radio station or his uh, yeah various radio stations. Yeah, okay. I uh, and I mean at the call at the at some of the radio stations I worked at, um, especially in the early days, they still used uh, like my college radio station. We played uh, carts, but we also had just records that we would play. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing with playing playing a record, of course, is that they skip so easily, and so that's why they would put them on a cart for sound quality and to keep you know to have a pristine version of the song mm. that played on tape every right. time. Yeah. But, but we played, uh, we played, I played vinyl on plenty of stations that I worked at, especially in college. And, and, um, okay. So, yeah, interesting stuff. All right. So, yeah, you did get to, did get to actually do the authentic vinyl spinning trick. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, wow. All right. Well, man, this has been uh, a 30 minute intro. Great show. Uh, <laughs> great show, man. <laughs> This is actually an entertaining pre-show. For, it was kind of for, fun for once in a while. <laughs> yeah. All right, don't jinx it. Uh, so maybe we, maybe we had to start this. Uh, <laughs> we had to start this program off. Okay. What do you think about that? I think it's that? your turn. Correct. I, I believe it is. So, All right. Okay. Well, I'll just jump on in to what we got to do. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. All right. Uh, in three, two, one. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you the Dicks, Twang Twang Shaka Boom, David Garza, Lower Class Brats, The Poodle Dog Lounge, Dirty Martins, home of the Comeback Burger, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. With the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> All right, what what the hell is um what was it? Boom boom shaka shaka? What is that? Twang twang shaka boom. It was Yeah, a, what is that? That was a three piece <laughs> band fronted by the the second person or uh, the person I mentioned right after that a musician an Austin musician by the name of David Garza you may have heard his name oh, before I've I've heard of him yeah yeah so. um but I but I had not heard of Twang Twang Shaka Boom yeah <laughs> it was like a guitarist Learn. a bass player and a drummer and uh, that's all you need <laughs> yeah that, that is all you need yep so um. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I put together a few uh, names that uh, we hadn't heard before, and uh, of course the yeah. Dick, the Dicks are uh, uh, an old punk band from uh, what the seventies here in Austin. 
unfortunately. I think so, yeah. yeah. Never got a chance I, to I see am, them, uh, but uh, I've heard a lot about them. And uh, right, maybe they'll uh, they'll do a reunion if all of them are still alive one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've heard of them, and I feel like I've. Well, there, you know, isn't there a band also called the Dickies? I think there's a band also called the Dickies. Yeah, I believe and, you're um, right. Yes, not to be confused so, with the Dicks. Or, right. Yeah. And uh, I also mentioned Lower Class Brats, which was a punk band from like I believe the mid '90s. So I was. Just, yeah, I've heard of them too. Okay. So coolness. Then, mm-hmm. Do uh, Dirty Martins? We hadn't mentioned them before. Um, and I haven't right. been there for a long time. It's another one of those places I'd like to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Again. Well, we definitely yeah. should. Yeah, the funny thing we about should. Dirty Martins, I mean, actually, one sign says Dirties, and then you've got another one, another sign that says Martins. And <laughs> first time I ever went there, I was <laughs> confused. I was like, is it Dirties? Is it Dirty Martins? Is it, what is this? But uh, it didn't matter. Once <laughs> once I got in there and got some food, I was like, oh, I don't care what it's called. I'm gonna come back for this burger. Right. Not to but be don't con- they spell comeback like like C U M B A C. Actually, yeah, I think it's K U M. Yeah, which and- is just. <laughs> I used to joke. It isn't appetizing, except to me. That's kind of appetizing. But actually, um, like, some people would not find that appetizing. Right. I I used to joke that it was like uh, the come on your back burger <laughs> you'll lark our burgers so much you'll come on your back I don't ah know. now that's that's you have to like a burger big time to yeah that would that would require your back mm-hmm, that'd be a lot of pressure <clears throat> yeah or, or a lot of yeah. or a and lot of ac- length <laughs> what and acrobatics and <laughs> lunging and <laughs> i don't know what all you'd have to do yeah you, you take a bite of the burger you do a double backflip and it all happens. Splooge all over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How did we get there? Uh, blame I don't it, know. Blame it on Dirty Martin. Blame it on them. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering absolutely. how we were going to get from that to the um, to the thing I usually start the show with, which is the people who've died this week. <laughs> how are we going to segue into <laughs> people who've died? Uh, luckily, no yeah. one seemed to have died from trying to come on their own back. But no. Um, it was a slow week. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, a slow week in celebrity deaths. Well, that's good. It was, it was, a, a, <laughs> it was a really slow week. Yeah, the, um, the, the only the Grim Reaper was a, a little, um, a little you'd think lackadaisical two, this week. Yeah, you'd think 2016 never happened because the only mm-hmm. there's only there's only two on my list, and one of course is Al Jarreau. The great jazz singer. Wow. Okay. I I didn't see anything in the news about that, but I've been been staying away from Facebook. Oh, well, that's very (laughs) wise of you. Well, then you probably also also don't know that um, PewDiePie's career died this week as well. (laughs) Oh, yes. That I heard. I think it was it was it was of his own making though. Oh yeah, he killed himself. That was a suicide, I guess. Yeah, or or career suicide. Death by uh, yeah, death by um, stupidity or something. Right. I don't know. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not a. Of course, I'm not a PewDiePie fan. I'm aware of him because of uh, because I have younger people in our family who like video games. Yeah. Um, 
So, and, and I, I certainly don't get him, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's very popular, has a lot of followers. One of the most popular YouTubers out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, all he does is kind of play video games and narrate what he's doing when he's playing the games. Really? And, you know, of course, wow. yeah, that's, that's his big thing that he does hmm. um i think it, and it may have even started as a way to like help people find the the cheats or or the way to win the game you know it may have started as okay that kind of a setup mm-hmm. i may be wrong but you know um but that's basically what he does is he plays video games and kind of talks you through it but he's he's funny and okay. and foul-mouthed when he mm. does it and so of course Young mm-hmm. gamers love him because right. he's, you know, you know, very um, irreverent. Um, yes. But um, uh, apparently he has evolved into doing many more things. He had a, a, a mm-hmm. series um, that uh, was a YouTube series. YouTube has something called YouTube Red, which is kind of a subscriber service, I think. Yes. And he had was gonna he has a show on that. He was gonna have a second season, but they hmm. uh, they canceled it and kind of disowned wow. him. And because he he for those folks who don't know, he he apparently had some very anti-Semitic stuff in some of his videos. Yeah. Uh, in you know where where he, in he there suppose- did he think that that would be a good idea is what i'd like to yeah, know i don't i don't know because I, I, obviously it wasn't in a, a show where he was doing video games there was mm-hmm. there was some episode of his show where he hired this company and i don't know if it was supposed to be one of those companies where they'll do anything for money kind of places uh-huh. but he hot he hired some guys to hold up a sign behind him on camera that said something like death to all jews or something yeah and so and and then you know he said that it was a joke and that he didn't really think they would do it and blah 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 which mm. of course is a bunch of horse horse shit in my opinion right um, but but um because of that and because apparently in several episodes of of his shows there's been swastikas and yes and just things he said and blah blah mm-hmm. blah um right youtube kind of youtube didn't take him off the air or remove his programs from their service but they mm-hmm. did cancel cancel a contract they had with him for a, a subscriber show that apparently where they paid him a fee to wow. make this show and wow. um i that, think one of his one of the mm. yeah that that was that, supposedly a big money you know yeah that was uh that was an expensive mistake yeah, and it, yeah. and of course he's blowing, trying to blow it all off. He's about pulling mm-hmm. a Trump and trying to blow it all off and act like, you know, it's no big deal. Right. Um, but just an idiot, just another idiot with right. a with now, a public platform. Was he? Uh, is he like Swedish or Norwegian or something like that? Something, uh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe uh, they just have a uh, more bizarre senses of humor over there <laughs> well I don't know. and i don't you know i don't know if in order to do this show for youtube he mm-hmm. remained in in his home country i don't know which one it is or whether he was filming some if he lives in the u.s now and films i mean Could i be. know his his, sh- his shows are in english of course yes um, but but yeah i don't know exactly what his whole story is mm-hmm. i just uh, I just thought, you know, he has like 15, I believe they were saying it's something like he was making $15 million a year on YouTube, wow. which wow. YouTubers get paid by how many times commercials that run in front of their YouTube videos get played. Yes. Um, 
And he had like what fifty million followers or something. It's, it's, a large amount, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe maybe that's extreme to say that many, but uh, I don't know. I thought I had read something that it was a, uh, an outlandish number of subscribers and uh, and views, yeah, and mm-hmm. views. Yes, um, you know I mean, that. Uh, so most YouTubers, yeah, would kill for. Yeah, so, and so I yeah. mean, he's still on YouTube. You can still see his stuff, and he's still. Uh, allowed to make videos and put them on YouTube. They haven't banned mm-hmm. him or anything like that. They right. just console, canceled contracts with him where he would bank, make more money and supposedly right. something that would uh, he's lost his preferred status. Things that would financially hurt him, even though he's still allowed to make videos and, and make money from YouTube. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but of course, if you're making $15 million a year... Yeah, he he lost out on you know maybe doubling that, but uh, really, is it gonna hurt that much? Right, or it may cut that in half or something. You know, this year he may make way less than fifteen million off of it. Well, and, that's true. There may be a, 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 some people who decide to stop watching him, but I I'm not sure. Right, that uh, that would have that much of an impact. I mean, I. I, I'm not even sure well, who is even watching him. Right. Well, a lot of young people, which is right. part of, of what's disgusting. But yeah. Um, but I think too. I think when he lo- when he lost his preferred status with YouTube, he may get paid less per view of commercial because he's not uh, a preferred YouTuber. Yeah. Again, it's just a guess on my part. I don't know exactly right, how YouTube yeah. works, but yeah. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk about uh, um, my favorite YouTuber. <laughs> okay, you have a favorite YouTuber? Oh, I do. Okay, let's hear I, it. And I've talked about him, Tyler Oakley. You've heard me talk about Tyler Oakley. No, I, I can't. I can't. I don't think I've ever heard you mention him before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've mentioned. I him. thought you were serious for a minute. <laughs> you, you've mentioned him a lot. That is yeah. a fact. So yes, that is true. Okay, is there a, is there an update? Well, just I just wanted to uh, talk about him for a second because mm-hmm. I, you know, I told you a few episodes ago, my nephew got me his autobiography for my birthday. He wrote right. a book called Binge. Right, he's a guy. Yes. He's about twenty five. Mm-hmm. He he wrote a book called Binge, his autobiography, and. Surprisingly, it, there's not a whole lot about YouTube on there. There, I guess there is some things where he talks about how he got his start and that sort of thing. But um, it, it wasn't what I expected it to be. It was very different. Um, and so while he did talk about when he started on YouTube and and um, what something he mentioned in one chapter, he talked about how he really got popular when he started talking about the band One Direction. For some reason, I can't remember exactly what happened, but oh, he he tweeted something, and one of the um, One Direction guys oh, he tweeted, tweeted something about One Direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the guys retweeted what he said. I think they were trying oh. to get view views of their new video. They were trying to you know get a lot of views for their new video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Tyler tweeted something about let's make, you know, whatever this video was uh, number one or let's get this a million views or something like that. And one of the guys in the band retweeted him. I see. And, okay. 
So, yeah. And and then um, shortly after that, someone in the band's marketing or, or promotions people asked him to interview them when they were doing a um, uh, a marketing tour where they, you know, interviews. So he was allowed, he got to interview them. And, and it just, he just, you know, it was just the thing that was the catalyst that brought him a ton of viewers. Okay. Um, which, I, which I really didn't know that. Um, now. And then, you, mm-hmm. go ahead. Let me ask you this. Is this is Tyler Oakley the same guy who did the viral video where he's telling people to leave uh, Britney Spears alone? No, that's a different guy. Okay, who was <laughs> that's that? That's a guy. His name is is uh it's either Chris Crocker. I think it's Chris oh, Crocker. Oh, that's right. Okay. It's either Chris right. Crocker. Yeah, and Chris Crocker is still around. Of course, he's older now. Right. And he has he has facial hair. He doesn't look anything like he used to. He still is trying to be a YouTube person, but he, okay. it, or at least he was a, a year or so ago. I remember seeing a couple things about him, but but okay. he totally doesn't look like he used to. And well, and of course uh, not. Yeah. Right. I just wanted that to get that crazy viral video. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to get that straight in my mind so that I wouldn't continue thinking that they were one in the same and they're not yeah they're completely different yeah okay um continue but so so tyler so in his book you know another thing tyler oakley did is he actually interviewed michelle obama and did a a uh, a, an episode with her Hmm. and there's a great chapter in the book about all the things that happened in order to make that happen and dealing with the secret service and all these things um uh um, it's really that's really interesting. But most of the book is just about his life. Um, some of the things about, you know, his life before he was a, a star. There's a really great chapter about when he was at a convention. There's these YouTube conventions that go on every year mm-hmm. um, and there's several different ones. And he was at one with some other YouTubers. They went out to dinner. They came back in their van and their van got rushed by a bunch of young uh, fans. Oh, and, shit. Uh, it, it freaked him out. And mm-hmm. I mean, and then the thing that's really great about it is he talks about like going on Grinder and meeting different guys. There's a whole chapter about meeting a guy. He was here in town for the, the interactive part of South by Southwest yeah. and got on Grinder and met some guy who had a foot fetish. Oh, I mean, it just he was he's really he was, you know, he's a. I mean, Tyler has worked for. um um, Trevor Project. He's a really great spokesperson and role model for young LGBTQ plus kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 a great guy, funny, um, heartfelt, and and really interesting. But you know, also shameless, and he's was totally shameless in talking about hooking up with guys in the book, and just a lot of things that were really you know funny and amusing, and and like wow, he he doesn't hold back anything you know it was Mm -hmm. a real autobiography about his life so i mean he's only 25 but it was a real autobiography about his life so far and it was it totally wasn't i thought it would all be about oh you know here's how i started in youtube here's what i've done here's who i've interviewed you know i thought it would be kind of that kind of a story maybe mm-hmm. a little bit about where he came from but there's there's a ch- there's chapters about when he worked at Arby's and there's chapters about when he did phone solicitation for um uh alumni at the high at the college he went to he would solicit funds mm. from alumni i mean there's just all these things that he talks about that he's done in his life um and he you know he was a very poor he came from a very poor family he worked mm. his way through college doing several jobs and it's just one of those books that i was like i couldn't put it down 
down. It was funny. It was fascinating. It was totally different from what I expected it to be. And it yeah. was just one of those great books that I was like, this is a great book for, for young gay people because, you know, he's unapologetic about, yeah, I, I like to hook up and have mm-hmm. sex, you know, and mm-hmm. he just doesn't really hide anything. Um, uh, or 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 act like he's superior or any in any way or anything like that. And mainly, okay. it's just it's just amusing. It's, Some of the uh, stories are just downright amusing. So. Wow! So it's a rags to riches story with some risque content. Yeah, yeah, but and, just a great. Uh, you know, a any, great, just an mm-hmm. easy breezy, one of those books, you know, that's like, oh, you can pick this up and, and before you know it, you're a quarter of the way through it while you're sitting on the beach or, or, you know, yeah. sitting, sitting in bed at the house or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. easy to read, easy yeah. to read. Yeah. Of course, I, I guess so when, anyway. when you're that young, you know, you need to fill, fill up chapters. So, I mean, it's probably a good idea to include the uh, working at Arby's uh, stories. Well, and and they're 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 amusing, you know. Mm-hmm. He, you know, there's things well, exactly. that happened while he did that were that were amusing. Um, right. And and I mean, there's also some really there's a great chapter in there where he talks about he when he was in college he dated a guy for a year who was kind of in the closet, and mm-hmm. so they would go out to places, including he would go to this guy's house for the holidays and and be with his family, but yeah. they would. It, you know, to the world, they acted like they were just good friends. But you know, his their close friends knew they were together. But this mm. this mm-hmm. person he was with was really, really in the closet. And you know, it, it was kind of a great story because he he really talked about how what that was like for him, right. how he you know how he was okay with it for a while and then it, it there were times where he wasn't and how it, conf- it confusing it could be and of course he's probably yeah. 18 19 when this happens so he's a young person i was just like that's a great story for a young person who maybe goes through the same thing to yeah. read and realize okay i'm not the only person who dated someone who wanted to keep it on the down low or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. and you know, just just a, I thought there were a lot of great stories that young LGBTQ plus kids yeah. could really relate to, and 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 it was written well and with a sense of humor, and you know, there's a, it's it I enjoyed every chapter. Okay, it, it, it was it was great. It's like the one of the best Chris uh, one of the best birthday presents I've ever gotten. So right, well, <laughs> it, it makes sense, and uh, yeah, I mean, in in the age where you know you hear about uh, LGBT. Q plus youth committing suicide and stuff. They need vo- you know, voices like that that can speak to them to let them know that they're not alone and and they're not the only person going through things like this in in, in their lives and 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 life can be good. So okay, right. yeah, I, absolutely. I get it. I get yeah. It. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Tyler does that a lot in his videos too. I mean, most of his videos are just fun and about having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has, you know, one of the things I love about Tyler Oakley is his laugh. His laugh is just so it just makes you want to laugh with him. It's just one of those laughs that's so unique that uh, every time I hear him laugh, it just makes me smile. Um, but you okay. know, it's 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 uh it. He's a role model, you know, mm-hmm. and whether he wants to be one or not, and I think he wants to be one, but you know, he's a role model for for young people, and um, and that's and that's definitely important, and yeah, and even though I think you know there was there was kind of a rash of YouTubers who wrote books a, a year or so ago when he wrote this book, mm-hmm. I think it you know obviously. And this is what he does for a living. He has to make money. Writing a book is going to make him money. Yes. You know, it wasn't just a, a fluffy, 
uh, oh, I'll just write mm-hmm. a book and I'll just put some things in there and it'll it'll you know and yeah. then we'll sell it. Okay. It, it, it was a it's it's a he tells some real stories about himself and his family and and growing up and and problems he's had and funny things that have happened and embarrassing things that have happened and okay. it's really different a, a heartfelt fun. In, inside look right. yeah cool. yeah definitely all right definitely well, one awesome. of those ones that i i i loved reading it and i was just like i i really want to talk about it on the show for a minute because it was i think it's a great book for young you know queer kids to read and 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 help them feel a little less like they're <laughs> alone or whatever yeah. yeah well you have definitely just now uh put the word out then yay Yay for you. Hey, um, yeah, well, yay for Tyler Oakley. Well, true, um, true, true. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, he's one of those guys like Troy Sivan, who I, I like promoting because what they do is important. Even just being out there doing what they do and being themselves, mm-hmm. living their, you know, unique lives, living their true lives, or what's the phrase that they use? Living my, anyway, uh, you <laughs> okay. know, that's important stuff. It is. My, it is. The, there's a phrase, be your true self, but that's not it. There's a phrase that, okay, hmm. sorry. Okay. Uh, sometimes a slippery slope leads to a, a brain fart. There's just All nothing right. we, that can be done about it. Well, if, if, you, think, <laughs> if, if you think of it later, um, just blurt it out, and then I'll just uh, edit it where it needs to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's going to happen. No, it, it, it could. If you can think of it, yes. All right. Authentic, leading, you know, living their authentic lives and being their authentic selves. You know, okay, that's okay. that's that's very important. I, uh, I for other for other kids to see. Yeah, I I, I think uh, if all people would would do that, maybe we'd have a much nicer world. I don't know. Perhaps, mm-hmm. although some people are authentically assholes. So well, what are you going to do? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he he who shall not be named. Definitely fits that bill. Yeah, and several and several people who think he's awesome as well. Yeah, um, unfortunately. So. so hey, the uh-huh. the I I only you know I had some TV shows I wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about what we were going to do on the show before the show, like we usually do. Well, it's fine. Um, let's just uh, let's freeform it. Let's wing it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Okay. Did because uh, I just wanted to talk about. Before we started talking about TV shows, the only other mm-hmm. thing I had was, you know, last week I um, I just ejaculated buckets and buckets of uh, verbiage about the movie Kicking and Screaming. Yes, you did. And the, uh, 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 what's um, his name? Bombach? Noah Bombach film. Yeah. Noah Bombach. Yes. Okay. I actually watched it two more times this week. Oh, really? Um, Ooh, you must really I, like I, it. You, you, oh, I love it, man. You know how mm. we talked about on the last episode that I didn't realize that part of the the story was flashbacks until I got pretty far into the movie. <laughs> hey, and yeah. Kinda suddenly. I do recall so that. of course I wanted to, I wanted to watch it again to, to, you know, knowing that these scenes with him meeting with the main characters, uh, meeting a girl, uh, were flashbacks, knowing that watching it. So the first time I watched it, uh, you know, that was, was my main point to, to see that progression. Okay. And then to finally and get then the, the flow. The third, yeah. Right. And then the third time I just kind of had it on while I was doing some other things, but I was just like, man, there's so many good one-liners in this. But it was <laughs> okay. what's what's really interesting is um 
as you can imagine, is that when the movie starts, the two main characters who are the, the main character, his name. Oh, God, it's not going to come to me. Um, he, he, you know, the main character, Grover, Grover. And then he meets a girl in his writing class and then they become lovers, girlfriend and boyfriend. And then at the beginning of the movie, she's going to leave him to go to Prague to be a writer because they've both graduated college. Yes. And. It's when you see the beginning of the movie and you realize, oh, at the end of the movie, it's it's kind of one of their first special moments together. And at the beginning of the movie, they're so they're so like snarky to each other and and Hmm. they zing one liners at each other and they're pretentious and cruel to each other. Mm -hmm. And it was like, have you ever seen the movie Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? With yes. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, it yes. was like, oh my God, these you could these are like the college versions of, oh. those, of George and Martha from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh you could just God. see that their wow their the relationship is just totally being. They've gotten mm-hmm. to the point where they're just shitty to each other because they're together, you know. Right. And 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 so it's amazing when you see that again at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then go through and it ends with a with a at a point where they have just kind of met and yeah. he says something really sweet to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it was like the second time I saw it, it was like a, not a whole different movie, but especially yeah. the beginning of the movie was like, Oh wow. These two people that you watch fall in love during the movie at the beginning of the movie, they're just shitty to each other. <laughs> they don't, they don't need to beat it. You know, their relationship is done. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was just it was almost like seeing a completely different movie the second time. OK, now, did, was, did, so, did, is that how the movie progressed throughout the whole movie? It was constantly going back in time or it was just no. like the first part of the movie was them uh, when they were horrible to each other. And then like the last part of the movie is when they like first met and they were sweet to each so, other. Right. So the okay. movie really, you know, like, I, like I've said, the movie starts at a party, like their graduation party when they graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just this, this male and female character that are a couple, it's their circle of friends as well. Okay. And as the movie progresses, progresses she goes to Prague so mm-hmm. every time you see her it's a flashback to when she met Grover the main character yes but the rest of the movie is them in real not in real time but in in forward progression yeah as as months go by mm-hmm. how their relationship and lives evolve after college coupled with this it and it's just like you know coupled with this reverse progression of mm-hmm. when he him and her met right um and it's just unique i mean i think it's so unique that that's why i didn't get it the first time i didn't okay. snap you know because it's it's one of those things that hasn't been done before and it's uh, and it's funny that i didn't get it the first time well now but, i know why you you watched it three times because it yeah it well, definitely didn't didn't transfer on the the first viewing right right okay. and it it definitely wasn't it isn't that it isn't told well it's just mm-hmm. that it's such a unique structure yeah. that and they don't they don't you know sometimes i have to be spoon fed i'd like to yeah. think that i'm you know very insightful but sometimes when i'm watching a movie i just want them to you know 
I, I just want the information to be fed to me and so I can process it. Um, <laughs> okay. And so when when somebody walks away from the norm of a progression of how a movie mm. usually works and does something unique, sometimes yeah. it's like, whoa, wait a minute. And, you know, right. It's that's tough when you see it in a theater because you're going to have to go back and see it again if you didn't get it. Well, that's true. If, 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 you know, but with a DVD, of course, you can just start over. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sure. Something outside <laughs> the normal structure is going to discombobulate you and and uh and twist your brain around yeah. a little bit and it it, and, it it takes a little processing to uh to get it to to gel properly in your brain right and i don't think his intention was to mislead anyone or to um make it confusing or you know mm-hmm. you know it wasn't any one of these pretentious things where oh i'll yeah. run this part of the story backwards yeah. and that that will be you know really different or you know and then mm. it'll be really different mm-hmm. i think it it was just a unique way to tell the story because you see them at the beginning when they're so cruel to each other yeah snarky at the very you know mm-hmm. and then you see at the end this kind of tender moment where he says something really beautiful to her and uh, when they first meet and it, i don't know it's just well, really it, i it, love it love it love it love it it kind of gives the movie a happy ending right in a, yeah, exactly. in a weird roundabout way yeah okay right it gives the it's like hmm. and at the same time and i don't want to give too much away okay. even though we've pretty much dissected this movie but <laughs> there's another there's another scene in the forward progression of the movie with him where mm-hmm. he's thinking about going to see her in prague yeah and that that happens towards the end as well. So it's almost like you see the end and the beginning mm-hmm. of the relationship at mm. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally unique. Totally just, just totally captivating and interesting. And um, okay, well, it's such a it's such a good movie that not only did I watch it three times, but I also went on Amazon and bought the next movie he made to watch. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Another glowing yeah. review. Okay, and now now you've doubled my interest in seeing this film. You know, if if you think last episode I was interested in seeing it, now I'm like exponentially more interested in seeing this. Film. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. I don't, uh, you, you know, it's so what, on Criterion. Yeah, and what, I think what's um, it called again? Go ahead. What's it called again? Kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Not to be confused yeah. with the other movie called Kicking and Screaming, though. The god-awful Will Ferrell kids' <laughs> soccer movie right. that makes you want to put a bullet in your own head. Yeah. No, this is this is Noah Baumbach's Kicking and Screaming. I okay. mean, Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell even has um, uh, oh, who's Robert Duvall in it. Okay. One of the greatest actors of all time. Right. And it's a movie that just makes you you, you just want to kick yourself in the balls for seeing. You, know? <laughs> you just you just hate yourself. Wow. What was uh? That's how bad it is. Yeah. Okay. Robert Duvall. Duvall. Did he phone it in? Well, the, there was nothing to to act. So okay. yeah. yeah. He was collecting I mean, a paycheck. Whatever. I can't even remember the storyline. Is something like Will Ferrell has a, a young son and he's playing soccer, mm-hmm. and I think Duvall is the coach, but he's real mean to the kids, uh. and so Will Ferrell decides that he'll coach them instead. Or I can't even remember. It's just horrible. Whatever the story okay. is, it's well, god awful. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna edit out all the parts where we're talking about Will Ferrell's uh, kicking and screaming, so it doesn't sully. The uh, wonderful discussion we had of <laughs> of, uh, of Noah Bombuck's kicking and screaming. So yeah, okay, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm going to edit that out. 
Okay, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So, that's funny. Hey, you know, uh, we haven't talked about this. I know you and Sierra talked about it, about uh, we're we're pushing back our San Francisco trip. Yeah. My nephew has... uh, Right. um, He works in um, retail, Mm -hmm. and the weekend we were planning on going in August, turns out that first weekend we were thinking of going is no tax weekend right before school starts and i should have known that he would have to work right before school starts i should have snapped to that myself um so when he was talking to to work about getting that time off they Mm -hmm. they were like "Uh, i don't think you can be off then so we'll just move it back move it back about a month to september okay i now i don't want you to tell me where he works but could you just give me the initials That's a callback joke. I, th- I think I used that, that joke is. before. Many, you many. did, and it's a great joke. It is a great joke. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, the, the funny thing, though, now that we've, we're going to push back the uh, San Francisco trip, now I'm kicking myself because I'm like, oh, shit, now I could go to see Blondie, but now I don't have tickets. So, oh, well, Oh, whatever. don't, are they sold out? Well, I don't know. I guess I, we need to look into that. I mean, we obviously won't be sitting next to each other, but uh, Sierra and I will, and we'll we'll know that you and and uh, your nephew are there as well. So we'll we'll still feel good about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, we can definitely go have dinner before or after or something too. Oh, I, I asked right, him right. about it actually because that is that no tax weekend. Well, he may not be able to. You know, he's in Houston. He may not be able to make it actually to that blondie show and i asked him if he had oh. bought tickets and he has mm. but he bought us floor tickets right so um i was like so he's trying to see if he can maybe take that day off come down and do the blondie show um the next morning get up early and drive home and work you know because he's young and can do shit like that i can't do that anymore <laughs> right. he actually has the the stamina to uh, tolerate that kind of yeah. a demand on his his immune system. <laughs> yeah, go to go to a concert, go out drinking, uh, drive, uh, sleep for four hours, drive home for four hours, oh. and then go to work for eight hours. So, I'd be, so he's going I'd be to let dead. me know soon. Okay, I would too. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. It was hard enough for me to think. In fact, you know, you and I are going to see um, Brian Ferry on a. Um, you, me, and Sierra are going to see Brian Ferry on a Wednesday night. Yeah. And I was like, should I take Thursday off from work? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, something to well, consider. What I actually, what yeah. I actually did was t- was uh, requested off Friday, which I got because um, I was like, okay, I'll get up from the show, I'll go and I'll work on Thursday, and mm. then Friday I can just totally relax. Right. Okay. Instead of taking a Thursday off and then going to work on Friday and then being off for the weekend, I was like, eh. Just make it through that one Thursday, and then you can yeah. you can uh, take just, a three day weekend. So. Right, just muscle on through. You can do it. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's all you can do, man. Yeah, that's all I can do. So right. So um, so uh, I also sent you a text before uh, we did the show that mm-hmm. I don't think you got. No, um, I sent it to you and Sierra asking if you guys wanted to see um, psychedelic furs. Uh, they are coming oh, uh, at, at the end of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. also a show in uh, uh, on that Saturday night in, in San Antonio. That's right. 
Um, yeah, I did see the text. I just didn't have a chance to uh, respond to you. But uh, yeah, I yeah I was a big fan of uh, psychedelic furs back in the day, and so that sounds very attractive. Uh, it would be nice if we could see them at Emos, so we don't have to do the whole. Uh, driving bit and all that to San Antonio. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, although the the San Antonio shows on a Saturday night, and I was like, ah, we could just get a cheap hotel. But well, it true. Would, it would. It, it, the thing also about both places where they're playing is it's. Uh, I think there's only general admission, admission, no seats kind oh, of standing room only. And I was. Hmm. Yeah, and I know that's tough on it's tough on me and it's tough on Sierra. Yeah, Sierra may take issue with that, so maybe that's why she didn't respond to you about that. I don't know. Well, uh, I'll, and I'll maybe talk to you her. and I could go. Maybe you and I could go to the one in Austin. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it won't it won't be four o'clock in the morning or anything. So I don't know. Right. Just something. Yeah, you guys talk about it. and Let me know what you think you want to do, and sure, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, that would because that would be a yeah that'd be a hoot to see to see them. I've seen them. I've seen them at least once. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe maybe twice. Hmm. I know I saw them back in the day in the early eighties, um, like eighty three. I think I saw them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I saw them once here in Austin, but maybe I'm misremembering. Okay. Maybe they played. Antos, hmm. and I wanted to go, and I didn't. Okay, all right, wow. But anyway, but uh, I think yeah, it'd be fun. I think it would be a good opportunity to to finally see them. You know, a few decades after the the fact, but uh, better yeah. late than never. Yeah, well, the same thing with Blondie, right? Yeah. Well, that's true too. Exactly. Cool. Um, oh, well, there's our there's our uh-huh. calendar. <laughs> Our personal figuring stuff out yeah. in the middle of a show. Yeah, so, sorry, folks, but yeah, you know, hey, they might get some vicarious pleasure out of it. So who knows? Sure. Well, <laughs> welcome to our world. Right. Welcome to our behind-the-scenes world. Yeah, or it may jog them to say, "Hey, I didn't know psychedelic furs were playing in Austin or, yeah. and or San Antonio. I might have to go to that in stock uh, lodger and mark." <laughs> yeah. Or. Or maybe they're you're not from here and they're coming to your town anyway, so you can see them wherever you live. Because I think they're doing a pretty complete tour. Yes. Okay. Well, that's cool. Wow, they're doing so multiple. Well, obviously they're doing multiple dates. I mean, if they're doing yeah Austin and then what a few days later uh, doing or the next day doing San Antonio. So yeah, looks. I think like it's a few days later. I think mm-hmm. they're doing Austin, then Houston, then San Antonio. But I could be wrong. Okay, and so then. They're definitely hitting yeah. the cities. Are they doing Dallas as well? I'm sure they are. You would I think. I just don't right? remember from yeah. yeah from looking at their looking at their schedule exactly where they were mm. playing. But I feel like they're doing several different dates around the South. So okay, wow. If not around the U.S., so very cool. Um, yeah. So hey, which which TV show you want to talk about first? Oh wait, well before we get into the TV shows, I just wanted to talk oh, about uh-huh. something before we started uh, recording uh, the podcast. Uh, Sierra and I were actually at the grocery store, and uh, our trips to the grocery store have been a little different uh, this past month, ever since uh, Sierra got on the keto diet. Now, if you've never heard of the ke- right. keto diet, she is, it's like zero carbohydrates. That means no breads, no rice, no potatoes, no sugar, no anything. So it's no uh, noodles, no noodles, no pasta, no pastas of any kind. And it's, it's eating proteins and, and fats and, you know, vegetables, of course. 
but not too many vegetables and not and make sure it's not you know like potatoes or or even carrots because those have sugars in them and uh, that throws you off of the the keto path and the whole keto path is to instead of your body burning carbohydrates because you're not eating carbohydrates anymore your body starts burning your body fat instead of burning carbohydrates and it takes like a period of like a couple of weeks for your body to adjust to that from you know relying on carbohydrates for energy and then starting to and it seems to be working for her first off you know she was having problems with her knees and all of a sudden the inflammation in her knees has gone away uh oh wow cool and and over this month she's lost like 20 pounds and like 19 inches so uh apparently it seems to be working for in addition to that it was like every night she was taking a puff on her uh, uh, asthma inhaler. Now that she's rarely doing that anymore because being on this keto diet, apparently it reduces inflammation of all kinds. And so her knees are better. Her bronchial tubes are better because there's reduced inflammation. So she's not having symptoms of asthma anymore. So, you know, for certain Wow, pe- that's great. Yeah, for certain people, apparently... It, it, you know, it works really good and it seems to be agreeing with her in, you know, many ways. Obviously, it's an adjustment because, you know, you're not, you can't eat, you're not eating the things that, you know, you're accustomed to eating. But, uh, right. But, you know, we're, well, I know. But yeah, but, she was online um, mm-hmm. talking about making her own mayonnaise. And I was like, oh, yeah, you'd have right. to, you know, there's so many things that you have to, you know, give up or find a replacement for or something right. because of the nature of what you're giving up. Exactly. Um, so it it's not an easy diet to do, but she, she's really taken it to heart and mm-hmm. and is is working really hard on it and more power to her so right and it's like uh things like uh, you can eat bake, bacon and eggs you just can't have the toast with it you know or the pancakes yeah. or something with it you know or you can have fajitas but you can't have the you know the tortillas or the beans or the rice um but you know you, but still, you can have all the fajita meat you want yeah all the fajita meat you want and guacamole and and even sour cream and right. uh, onions and peppers and all that stuff or or we could have um a reuben sandwich but there's you know obviously there's no bread but you know you get to have the cheese and the meat and the even the you know the whatever the the dressing is on there you know as long as there's no, right. no sugar or carbs or anything like that so it's um you know, I was skeptical at first when she started doing this, but then it was like, well, okay, it's working for her in, you know, multiple ways, you know, referencing, you know, asthma and the knee issues and, of course, you know, losing weight and some inches, etc. And uh, and then, you know, she's also looking into, you know, alternate uh, sweeteners, you know, uh, not necessarily going for things like, you know, Splenda as a sweetener or saccharin or, you know, more like, you know, the stevia. And then there are also some zero calorie sweeteners that are, uh, they're called sugar alcohols. And they're Mm. like, they're like zero calorie. They don't, they don't affect your blood sugar when you, when you eat them, but they're sweeteners. And so she's, I mean, so it's not like, you know, she's just having to suffer or anything because, you know, you, you really get to eat 
hearty meals and stuff and it's just you know there's the breads are gone and pastas etc so anyway um it's pretty inspirational now there are other people who do these keto diets but then they also do these keto supplements where you know they some sort of a special powder or something that you drink that somehow supercharges you know your the keto effect but you know uh, people out there don't fall for that crap it's just another form of network marketing you know to suck you into uh, buying uh, expensive powders and crap like that because the the keto thing is really just about eating unprocessed foods and things uh, hmm. it's you know they, they they call it you know quote unquote clean eating you know, so, you know, fresh meats, and they can be fatty meats. It's just, like I said, you know, the whole the whole process is, you know, the the, the, the body uh, relying on burning fat instead of carbohydrates uh, to uh, for energy. So, anyway. Right. I just thought I'd bring it up. Wow. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it's a huge adjustment and change for her, but, I mean, it seems to be agreeing with her. So, uh, more power to her. Absolutely. Yeah. I, okay. I, you know, that's my problem with, uh, with anything like that. It's so difficult. I mean, she has mm-hmm. really, you know, you have to really work hard. This isn't just about, Oh, let me go to the grocery store. And instead of buying this, I'll buy this, right. you know, which is what, what I need to make a diet work. I really, it needs to be simple for me. No, I and, know. Uh, because I know you don't, you, you don't like to cook. And so, yeah. Right. I mean, so I'm by no means was I, you know, trying to foist anything you know upon you no no Uh, it's just an interesting thing that you know is obviously in my household that uh, i thought i would share yeah absolutely right so are you having to eat different as well have you given up breads and things well i mean when we eat together i eat what she eats you know so we're eating the same things at home of course uh when i'm at work and i i go to lunch I'm, i'm not exactly following that because you know, I, I think I need my carbohydrates. Well, because, and uh, you don't. Yeah, you yeah, don't I mean, need to diet. You're... Yeah, I mean, it's like last week when I was sick, I wasn't eating very well. And so I, I like lost five pounds and was starting to look uh, unhealthy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to get my calories in. All right. So, you've had a couple hamburgers is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Yes. Sir. <laughs> well, it's okay to eat a hamburger uh, for Sierra. She just can't eat the bun. So. Well, that's not a hamburger. I I don't mean to be rude, but that's not a hamburger. Without the bun, it's Uh, a meat patty. Hey, hey, (laughs) it's a Salisbury steak, is what that is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir, man. I I I I I like my buns. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. Yes, me too. Why? Thank you. In every sense of the word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thus Uh, thus thus ends the. the, the the health food section of this uh, podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So something uh, I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> no, that's cool. I know. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know anything about it and, until uh, Sierra went in that direction, and so it's interesting. Yeah. All right. What what led her in that direction? Um, Did someone she know do the same thing, or you know, I I'm not sure. I mean, I think she had just was doing a little research about natural ways of uh, reducing inflammation and probably ah. just started going down a, a rabbit hole of information and uh, uh, a slippery slope right and maybe joined up <laughs> with some uh, yeah she went down some slippery slopes 
and uh, probably found some uh, online groups or, or Facebook groups, uh, and then also started watching a lot of YouTube videos on the subject. Right. She, uh, yeah. Just started. Pinterest. I'm sure Pinterest had a page. Uh, probably. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know all the resources that she's uh, tapped into, but it seems like it's agreeing with her. So uh, I'm, I'm hey, happy. That, about that's it. all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's I'm good. I mean, right. that's the thing, too. You know, I, I always you know, I, I, I definitely need to lose weight. No big secret there. But but um, when I when I get on a kick and try and lose weight or or Mm-hmm. Or try and eat healthy. I mm-hmm. do. I do what I want to. I do it for myself. What I want to do. Yes. You know. Sometimes you know. It, it's all about making yourself feel better about yourself. If you're right. if you're on a diet to lose weight for whatever reason, if it isn't about making yourself feel better, that then it's the wrong reason. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Because yeah, anytime I've been successful doing it, it's because I wanted to, and and I did it my the way I wanted to, and and you know shut out all the people who try and tell you how to do this and that, and you just got to do what you want to do and what you think works for you, mm-hmm. and and that you can live with. So preach it, Lodger. All right, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> That's right. Yes, brother. Okay. Preaching it, brother. <laughs> all right, all right. On to uh, TV. Yeah. All right. How far have you How far have you gotten on Riverdale? Uh, have you I watched have, all four episodes? Yes, I've watched all four episodes. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh my God, Holy. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I have been reading some stuff online, and and a lot of the um, the the you know those little websites that talk about pop culture have been raving about Riverdale. Yeah, I read. One one rave review the other day where they were like, "Look, this show would be great if it had great writing, or if it had great acting, or if it was really cool to watch, to look at." Mm-hmm. But it has all three of those things, and that makes <laughs> it the coolest show on TV. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the writing is pretty damn good. The acting is and characters are really great, and and it is cool as fuck to look at. Like a like very you know we always talk about how dark and Lynchian it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it it has all those things going for it. And lots of eye candy. Oh yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, who knew that I would have a crush on Jughead? But, but um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, I, uh, you had watched the first episode the last time we talked, yes, which was kind of the episode that just kind of set everything up for you. Mm-hmm. And since then, it has, it has. I, I was, I was kind of amazed the other day when we were, when I was watching the most recent episode, that I was like, oh my god, they've already, um, you know, and we're going to give away spoilers here, so I, I hope yeah. you guys are caught up on the show with us. But yeah, you they've already, be. <laughs> yeah, they've already kind of um, uh, unmasked Miss Grundy, Miss Grundy, and talked about who she is, right? And you know, it and. It's like there, the stuff is happening on the show. It isn't kind of that, you know, sometimes on like Twin Peaks and on Lynch and on some shows, it's like a soap opera where it just drags on forever and no mm-hmm. new information gets released and blah, blah, blah. This show stuff right. is happening every episode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, episode three took a kind of detour about female empowerment when the uh, football right. team or the swimmers, I think it was the swimmers were mistreating girls uh, and, and Betty and Veronica teamed up to kind of uh, put them in their place, which oh, was yeah. a great episode, I thought. In a big yeah. way. It was kind of disturbing in parts, actually. 
<laughs> where they well, had, actually, yes, yeah. Where they had the because guy. Betty kind of mm-hmm. in yeah. a hot tub. Oh yeah, she uh, yeah she had him. They had him handcuffed in a hot tub and ended up pouring um, syrup all over him and uh, not and to then ma- turning up the heat. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, turning up boiling the boy and uh, yeah, and of course she took on an alter ego of her older sister, I guess. Who's yeah, who's only been talked about and you don't really know exactly what that story mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And she called she's, she's away somewhere in a, like a mental institution is what they've given you the impression right. of what's going on. Yeah, she had a, a fling with the 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 dead boy Jason. Yeah. So, right. And then yeah, so all this stuff is coming out about Jason too, which is interesting. Mhm. Well, what was weird with with Betty though is when she was in the uh uh, what was her sister's name? Polly. When she was in the her Polly persona, she actually called the the guy who was in the hot tub Jason. So I was like, what? What's 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 going on there? Is she? Oh right, she, right. Does she have a, a multiple personality disorder, or was just just some sort of a, a a catharsis for her or something? I don't know. Right, right. Because Polly was involved with Jason, so does she call him Jason because she saw Polly act like that with Jason, or because you know she's just thinking of Polly and Jason, or you know did she witness things, or did she just hear things, you know? Or is what led her to mm -hmm. that? Or is she just trying to make herself a proxy for Polly, and the other guy was the proxy for for Jason and? Trying right, to a- achieve some closure from right, a distance. Right, taking on those personas yeah. To, yeah. to achieve some closure, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Really, yeah. it's really interesting what's going on with mm-hmm. with um, that storyline, which yeah. all, of course, goes back to the whole kind of Twin Peaksian um, storyline of who killed Jason, because that's kind of what we're all asking ourselves. Yes. And, uh, but unlike... Uh, a few suspects have been eliminated already. We already know that it wasn't his sister who did it. Well, right. We pretty much well know we're that pretty it's sure. probably not her. Yeah, right. But um, it's interesting because they, unlike um, Twin Peaks, where they, they kind of drug out who killed Laura Palmer, and that was the whole the yeah. whole crux of the show that was a whole reason for the show i guess yeah um with this show there's so many other things going on that while mm-hmm. the who killed jason mystery is at the center of it there are so many subplots and other storylines going on to keep you interested yeah. that um you know it, it's it never feels like it's dragging i mm-hmm. never i never i mean i know it's only been four episodes but i was like when they when they arrested the sister and then, you know, told that Jason had been killed a week after he had been at the river with her. Right. Um, you know, all these different all this different information that comes to you and you're like, what the F is going on here? And then there's the whole thing with Miss Grundy and Archie. And yes. you think, oh, is she using him? Is Miss mm-hmm. Grundy, you know, what, what's the deal with him? Because, you know, we can't have a storyline where a, an adult teacher is uh, fucking a 17 year old guy where she isn't evil somehow. Right. Um, and so, but you we, know, it was like, OK, mm-hmm. But we don't really know that she's evil. We just know that she is going under an assumed name. Of course, she explained it away as saying she was running from an abusive husband and changed her, you know, persona for those reasons. And so, 
Right. But, uh, but who knows? Is there mm-hmm. more to that story? Right. You know, and of course, you didn't expect that relationship between Archie and her to be revealed to other adults and other characters as soon, you know, by episode four, she's right. leaving town. Yeah. You know, and you're like, wait yeah. a minute. I thought this would go on for months. You know, right. so what is what is, is she using him? What's the whole deal? You know, mm-hmm. I just it was really. I mean, it, it surprises you some ways. Yeah, it makes you wonder, is she is she gone from the series forever now? Or is she going to be coming back? I would guess she's, right. she's going to be coming back, but who knows? One would think so. But then it was interesting because at the end of episode four, they show her kind of eyeing some other teenage boys when oh, she's on the road. That's and right. And I was like, what? With her What's har- going on here? With her heart-shaped sunglasses on. With her Lolita sunglasses, exactly. yes. Exactly. I was like, this... Right. I mean, uh, the other thing that was so great about the most recent episode, episode four, was, you know, it starts with Jughead and Betty and Veronica and I mm-hmm. think Kevin Keller at the diner. And Jughead is talking about how he worked at the drive in and he references Tarantino and yeah. all this, you know, film culture stuff. And, and they yes. talk about Rebel Without a Cause and all these other movies. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is such a great show. The characters are so interesting mm-hmm. and the and the references are really cool. And I was right. just like, oh, this is so amazing. And then, you know, that that thing at the end with the glasses, certainly in in my mind, is referencing Lolita because she wears glasses exactly like that and even raises them up at one point, kind of like like Miss Grundy does. You know, you're right. I'm, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. I mean, yeah, that's 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 very observant of you. So, wow. OK, thanks for and it's for 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 it's noticing that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of the opposite of the Lolita. She's the the older one eyeing right. the younger guys and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I I just can't believe that she can't be evil somehow because you know in, in this day and yeah. age still you can't write a female adult character who who fucks a seventeen year old boy who True. isn't evil, which is the most ridiculous concept. Oh, anyway, don't get yeah. me started no, on that. No, I think I, it's so. I know. Uh, now, uh, uh, yeah. What's 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 interesting, and and maybe I was a little disappointed in the writing, uh, just because of this one little point. Okay, um, now when um, Betty uh, broke into uh, Miss Grundy's car, was it Betty and mm-hmm. Veronica broke into the car? Okay. Yep. Uh, and they found the box, and with had which had right. an ID in it, and had a gun in it. Okay. Right. Now, why did Betty take the gun home with her and put it in her drawer? Because it was only because she put that gun in her drawer, her mother digging through her drawer found the gun, which then led to her rifling through and and taking her diary and finding out about uh, Miss Grundy and Archie that brought all this whole Miss Grundy storyline to a head. So right. I don't know. I'm, I'm, okay, well it, here's here's my thoughts on that because I'm okay. because I'm uh, do, maybe yeah. I'm apologizing for the show or whatever. Why did, you know, why did ap- she take apologist. the gun? Yeah, that's all I'm talking. So about. I think I think she took the gun because she thought Miss Grundy wanted to shoot. You know, she thought Miss Grundy wanted to harm Archie, and so she thought if I take this gun. You know, she's protecting Archie. He won't. She won't. Miss Grundy won't shoot him. I think that was part of it. In her mind, she thought that if she took the gun, then she could. You know, subconsciously, she's thinking, "I think I'll save Archie." Mm. Um, 
okay. um, who she, you know, secretly loves. And then also, I think Betty isn't the smartest cookie. Well, and true. I think <laughs> so. There's that that, and she's innocent and naive, of course, too. So yeah. there's that innocent na- naivete that she takes a gun and then hides it in her drawer. You know, how many of us as kids hid stuff that your parents could have found yes. within seconds? You know, she's not true. very not not particularly sneaky. Um, and then also there's that that kind of possibility that she wanted her mom to find it because again thinking she's protecting archie if her mom finds out then then they can put a stop to whatever miss grundy's doing but Mm. she still won't have won't have been the one who told on archie so you know that um, i mean that's that's again that's about as good an explanation (laughs) as anyone could give and Okay, on on some level, I I can buy that. I I you know, like I say, I love the show, and I may just be making things up to satisfy no, my own no. um, um, thoughts. I will, I will re- because I thought the same things <laughs> as it happened. Yeah. You so know. I I I will officially retract me, myself calling <laughs> calling bullshit on 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 that writing detail right i think i think those things are certainly possible i mean i definitely the gun i feel pretty pretty good about the idea that uh, that betty thinks that by by having it miss mm-hmm. grundy won't and then archie's safe or safer okay. um but yeah and uh, you know and i i agree with you when it when it happened i was like that's dumb you know but then <laughs> okay just you know i mean i was like wow would she really do that but then i had to kind of think about it and okay. and justify it in my own mind so, so initially um, you had you had pretty much the same feeling i had then okay yeah, yeah. Certainly, as it happened, I was like, "What?" And then I was right. like, "Well, wait a minute. Okay. You know, why would she do that?" Um, you you then, thought it. By through. the way, it, well, I, you know, I maybe I was just rushing to justify it in my <laughs> you own were, head too. You were, you were rationalizing, maybe, but <laughs> maybe. But, it, but I think those are. But it's a legit rationalization. Reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable, yeah. Right. And then um, I, I wanted to mention too that the girl who plays Betty—I don't know what her name is—but mm. she reminds me of Chloe Savini when Chloe Savini was younger. Yeah. Um, she just look. She lo- kind of looks like her, and she acts like her a certain a, a little bit. I She's can see that. She's kind of that demure, sexy thing. Right. I don't know. I just I just wanted to mention that because I've been thinking about that every episode. When I see her, I'm like, oh, hmm. it's Chloe Savini. Wait, mm-hmm. no, that's not Chloe Savini. Oh wow. And um. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing that uh, we didn't discuss, and maybe you didn't even notice this: the girl who was playing Ethel. Mm-hmm. She's played by the girl who played Barb on Stranger Things. Oh my God! I didn't even snap to that. I know. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh, that is I cool. did not snap. So and we, I think I remembered reading online she was going to be on the show, and I totally uh-huh. forgot about it. Right. Wow. So, so when I saw her, I was like, "Wow, look at that!" And I pointed it out to Sierra, and they're like, "Yeah, cool." All right. That's so funny. Wow, that is neat. I hope she comes back and does more episodes because that was an interesting character, I thought, too. Right. Um, I mean, it was a semi-significant then, character in the comic books, so why wouldn't she? Yeah, why least, wouldn't she? Sure, right. She, and then, um, you know, I mm-hmm. didn't realize that Madchen Amick yeah. was, um, from Twin Peaks was – she plays Betty's mom. Yes, Alice Cooper. She plays – Alice Cooper. And you had mentioned that last episode and I had totally right. missed that. And I was like, yeah. so this time I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's been 25 years. She's still very beautiful, but she's, right. she's, her, she's changed physically a little bit. Oh, definitely. She's still gorgeous. Yes, she but is. But it's just like, 
I didn't recognize her. If you hadn't mm. said that, I, I wouldn't have even snapped to that. Yeah. And, and there's another. She plays such a, a vile character, though, sometimes. Uh, the, right. Yeah. Betty's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's um, which, you know, if her older daughter is in the nut house, maybe she's allowed to be a little. Yeah. And, yeah. and angry, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, there's another female, older female on the show. Mm-hmm. I know Robin Givens is on it. She plays the mayor and Josie and the Pussycats Josie's mom. Yes. Um, but there's another female adult character on the show that looked really familiar and I couldn't figure out who she is. And I meant to look at the credits and I can't remember now what? even what character that was. Oh, okay. You don't even remember in what context she... No, okay. she's just... Hmm. Uh, she may have been... It may have been in episode three when they're having the... The meeting at the at the like the town where they're having the silent auction, I think, and uh-huh. where you know it's a party for the city or something. I can't remember. Hmm. Anyway, she'll probably be on it again. I think it was one of the parents. I don't remember who plays. Who's Archie's mom? Is Archie's mom been on the show? Uh, no, because okay, our, 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 yeah, Archie's dad is divorced. So and the mom isn't there she's, anymore. No, she's not there. Yeah. Okay. So, and yeah. um, so, and then of course. So anyway, so whoever that is will probably be on the show again, and or I'll get on IMDb or something and and figure it out and and make a <laughs> note. But right. The other thing I just wanted to mention, of course, was um, well, two things. One, when are Archie and Jughead going to kiss? For God's sake. And two. <laughs> um you know the character of kevin keller i was reading some people on Mm -hmm. uh, were writing online that apparently an early draft of the script was online somewhere and and i guess kevin keller was was a a, um i don't know if he was more gay or more evil or i don't know what because someone they were saying that he had been watered down from the original script uh, his character okay but i just loved in the last episode the thing where they're at the drive-in and he and the the uh kind of boy from the wrong side of town mm-hmm. uh, and him are making out you know uh, i just thought i mean it's just cool that, oh the, it's yeah. still cool to see that on a show right the biker boy where yeah you, where you think you know? that uh, kevin is going to be beaten up by the biker boy but then right uh, the, the next scene they're making out it looks like you at first you think they're scuffling but then it turns out they're yeah they're making out. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. It, I I never thought they were scuffling, but um. <laughs> well, you know. But I, I mean, they. I just m- thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might have been. It was really cool that they did that. Well, they yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely. Um, they were definitely. What's the? What am I trying to say? They were definitely going at it, um, not violently, but they were uh, very physically uh, active. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they Aggr- definitely aggressively. 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 Right. Aggressively making out. Yeah. Ooh, I, but I just I, thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm looking on Internet Movie Database, and it says mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald is going to be part of the cast. <laughs> That's the person, but I guess she hasn't been in it yet. No, I, I, I certainly haven't seen her. And uh, so, okay, that's the one I saw somewhere on a story online. They mentioned she was going to be in it, and I'm like, was she in it? You know. I mean, she's aged, and and she certainly doesn't look like she did in Breakfast Club. But right, um, I but, still think I would recognize her if I saw her because I've seen her in movies as an adult. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, she's held up pretty well. Uh, she's not. Yeah, you know. she's an attractive girl. Yeah. So attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm. I will. That will be cool when she's on the show. Right. Um, yeah. And then there was the thing at the end. Oh, who plays Jughead's dad? There was a thing at the end where one of the motorcycle guys was there talking to Jughead as he was leaving the drive-in. And, right. And yeah, and, it, and we find says, out that it's his father. Yeah, uh, who's who's like um who's who's in cahoots with uh, Veronica's mom, mm-hmm. and um and they're doing something, some kind of scheme to close the drive-in so they can buy the property at a really low value, even though it's prime property. Right. Um. So, um, did, are you on there where you can see who plays Jughead's dad? Um. Because yes. that guy looks so familiar too. <gasps> oh. Skeet, Skeet Ulrich? Is that who it is? I think so. That's well, probably who it is. Wow, he hasn't aged look, well. Looks like him. Is his last name Jones? Well, he said, or does it say? He was born in 1970. I mean, he's, he's about Johnny 40, Depp's age. Yeah, he's 47, so yeah, okay, it is. It's Skeet uh, Ulrich. Is it Ulrich wow. or Ulrich? I think it's Ulrich. Okay. Wow. Wow. wow, I didn't recognize him at all, but I I recognized yeah. his his smirky smile. And I was like, I know that's an actor I've seen yeah. in stuff before. Yeah, he. But uh, I I didn't realize it was Skeet Ulrich. Wow. Hmm. Right. It's, it's yeah. you know well, again like we said. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's the name of the the Southside Serpents? Is the name of the gang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Just, it doesn't even give him a name. It just says Southside Serpent's leader. Uh, That's him then, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Jughead called him dad. Right. That was. I was like, wow, that's his dad. That's so, interesting. So, but, so Jughead was living at the drive-in? Yeah, I guess that's what they were implying, yeah. Mm-hmm. that he Because he had a little cot in there in the projection booth and, right. and so was working there, you know. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Because... Because he's a because he's an emo <laughs> novelist film buff guy, right? Uh, we yeah we've learned a lot about Jughead in the the, the past couple of episodes, so especially this yeah this, he's this fourth episode this last episode yeah he's uh-huh. really become a big part of the show, which um, yeah. you know I, I the actor who plays him Cole Sprouse I really like a lot and um, right it's an interesting character for him to play so I mean I just think that show Riverdale like we were saying not only does it have great writing the characters are interesting the storylines are interesting mm-hmm. definitely the look of the series is amazing that dark underbelly of America right. of Americana mm-hmm. so cool but then you know it has the the acting is really good and then there are all these actors for you know for people our age to to be wowed by to mm-hmm. you know it's great to see them again in this show and um yes. you know it's a show because it's archie it's a show that it would appeal to people our age it appeals to kids because of the 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 look and the music and the and the young actors that are in it mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where like who wouldn't like this show i mean i guess if you don't like dark things yeah maybe you wouldn't if you're a huge archie fan and you hated that they turned it into a, a lynchian kind of <laughs> gossip girl kind of thing i guess that would be uh, understandable but right there I might be some 
Ar- Archie purists out there that are scoffing yeah. at it, but uh, yeah, know. that are horrified by it. But I just think it's a fantastic show, mm-hmm. really interesting. And I think the Archie thing, it, if they had done the same episode and just not done Archie comics, it would it would probably be just as good. But yeah. you know, I might not have watched it. I might not have known how good it was. Well, true. I certainly don't watch Gossip Girl or, you know, um, what's the, there's another Pretty Little Liars is another show it's been compared to. I just don't yeah. normally watch those shows. Right. And so I, I don't, either. you know, the, the Archie hook kind of hooked me into it. So. Well, what's funny, if, if somebody would have told me that there was a live action show based upon Archie on the surface, I would have gone, uh, no, I think I'll pass. But. Right. Luckily, yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, uh, I guess it was you who turned me on to it. And, you know, and because of your description, it, it, it made me give it a chance. And I'm glad that I did, because from the first episode, I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's well, that's cool. I'm glad I did, because, yeah, mm-hmm. I I mean, I think I found out about it because, uh, well, I think I saw a news story about it. And then when when it said that. Uh, Cole Sprouse was going to be playing Jughead, and I follow like you know he has a twin brother. I follow them on mm. uh, Instagram and and Twitter and and Facebook and just about everything. What and, else? Um, what else has Cole Sprouse done? They were in. They they're two brothers. They're 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 normally when you see them they look blonde. They haven't done anything mm. for several years because they they were in a show called The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody on the Disney Channel, and okay. then. It moved to a cruise ship, and it was called The Sweet Life on Deck, where they played twin mm. brothers who one was really smart and the other one was really always getting into trouble. Okay. And was not not dumb, but was kind of like a, you know, just uh, a kid who was always like a, trying to get con people and all that kind of stuff. And Well, that sounds so horrible. <laughs> it was aw- It's awful. It's an awful show. Um, uh but then you know they got older and it it got watchable. <laughs> oh, okay. All but, right. Um, okay. Well, you, um, you came by it honestly then. Well, I don't know about honestly, <laughs> but um, but okay. you then ca- you, then after that you came <laughs> by it. Yeah. Um, but um, it, they um, that's terrible. No, they um, <laughs> you, you cut that, edit that out. Which okay, I, um, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna edit it out. um so they after they stopped doing the show i mean they did that show for uh, you know when it's two incarnations i think it was on the air at least six or seven years i mean from the time they were like 10 to about the time they were like 16 maybe even the time they were eight to 15 or something they were doing that show it must have been popular with somebody then oh you know the the disney channel folks loved it i'm sure. sure um and then uh, they stopped it and and they just went off to college and decided they were going to take a break from acting and go to college. Oh. And so uh, both of them went to college. And then I think it's Cole, but maybe it's his brother, Dylan. One of them mm-hmm. is really into video games and has done some work designing video games. And, um, you know, I've just kind of followed them on social media and um, – uh, you know, the, the, up until now, they really hadn't worked on any other films or TV shows or anything. And then it was kind of yeah. announced that Cole was going to be on this show. And I was like, well, that's interesting. He's coming back to acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of what got me interested in. And then they were like, he's playing Jughead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So good casting. Yeah, I think the characters. I mean, it, the 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 girl who plays Veronica and the girl who plays Betty are are good. Right. The guy who plays Archie is actually pretty good. Definitely. Um, and then the you know the kid who plays Kevin Keller. Um, I think he plays that character very well. His character has like a kind of the gay friend from Mean Girls mm. feel to him. Mm-hmm. Although he's not mean, but he's he's kind of the snarky gay kid and I'm like I I don't see anything wrong with that character. No. They, you know, he, he's a little bit of a slut, but okay, whatever. That's realistic. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no so, bad there yeah. are no bad performances on that show as far as I've seen. I don't I don't think so either. And I think the writing's pretty damn good for, you know, it, certainly it's way better than one would expect mm-hmm. from oh. a show called Riverdale about Archie. So Well, and, and from a network like, uh, like the CW. I mean, uh, uh, w- right. watching ads from other shows that are on that network, I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing else on. The, I'm like, trying to think. There's, it's like a lot of them are like uh, superhero shows yeah and then yeah, there's one about yeah. uh, a filipino girl who's horny it was like uh, betty the virgin or not betty the virgin jane jane jane, of, jane the virgin yeah yeah which is a I lot think of jane the virgin I, I think it started where she was gonna get pregnant and like it was supposed to be like she's a virgin who gets pregnant or something oh. i uh, you know and that was that was one of those shows i was like it sounds Kind of interesting, but I just never watched it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw the ad, the, the ads for it, you know, doing the commercial breaks, and it was like, yeah, okay, it's it's kind of funny, but maybe yeah, I, I'm nothing, not. I don't think I'm the right demographic for that show. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm certainly not interested in Supergirl or or the Flash, any show like or, that. Yeah. Or the or Arrow or something. One of them was. It? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's like seven or eight of them, isn't there? Yeah. But. While we're talking about shows kind of aimed at a younger demographic, uh-huh. um, you know, I watch this show on – it's on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, and it's called The Fosters. Have you heard of the show? Yeah, I've heard of the show, yes. It's a – it's a, you know, when I told my nephew about it because he doesn't watch it, he was like, mm-hmm. wait wait a minute. It's a, it's a show about uh, these people who have foster kids and their last name is Foster. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. that's kind of what it is. Um but it's one of those shows that it's real hit and miss. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really bad. Sometimes it's um, uh, sometimes the storylines they you know they they it's they only do about eight episodes every half season. So there's only a mm-hmm. few episodes, and they just try and cram all this drama into uh, it. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't go anywhere, or it gets resolved mm-hmm. really easily, or oh. whatever. Right. Now, was that the one that's kind of shot like a documentary, sort of? No. Okay. It's shot like, uh, (laughs) what was the show with the guy who had eight kids and he was a minister? (laughs) And Uh, and his first, oh, what was that show called? It's like Uh, that show. Um, Okay. (laughs) It's, I mean, no, it's, it's a regular, you know, drama show. Um, Okay, but again, it's got you know the, it it's two moms, so it's a foster it's a foster family. There's mm-hmm. two moms, 
One mm. of them has been married before, and she has a, a, a kid who's just graduating high school that lives with them. Yeah. And then they adopted a, a Hispanic boy and girl who are teenagers, and then they ad- adopted another uh, brother and sister who are a little bit younger. The younger brother is about – now he's about 14, I think he's supposed to be. When he first started on the show, he was supposed to be like 10 or 9, uh-huh. and, and he's gay, and so he has okay. a little boyfriend and stuff. It's it's cool. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes the show is just really, you know, like the the little gay boy, his name is Jude. Uh, Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many things they could, so many storylines they could get into with Jude. And instead they started the storyline where he's dating this boy his own age who smokes pot and they start smoking pot together and doing dumb stuff. Mm. And I was just like, ah, that's just a waste of this kid's talent and and the character. Um, But they, they... they came to a point in the they just started a, a new season there's only been about two episodes and they kind of came to this point where it was like all the kids are kind of doing dumb things yeah some of them with good intentions but some of them are just not thinking and you know one of right. the parents said to the one of the one mom the moms said to the other mom you know they're good kids they're just making them just making bad choices or something and i'm like you know that's really what it is and you know all teenagers do that they just happen to have five teenagers all doing it at the making oh, bad choices okay. at the same time it's just a horrible situation <laughs> for uh, uh for parents to be in of course because you know some of the mistakes they're making are they're trying to do well-intentioned things mm, um mm-hmm. and and they just get caught up in uh, in, in stuff um uh, or or they do something dumb and then get caught but they're like one of like the oldest boy is was accepted at Juilliard right but he's right. he fell in love with this girl who has a kid and he l- was living with her and trying to help her and help support her and to make money he took somebody the SAT for somebody else mm-hmm. and got caught uh, and of course now of course. he can't 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 go to Juilliard and you know it kind of kind of totally broke his world and stuff and Mm. so it's like you know things like that where it's like okay they're reasonable things that could actually happen it isn't just like these you know I mean the Jude thing smoking pot is just dumb but some of the other storylines that happen with the kids are are like realistic and and you know believable it's just hard to believe that all five of these kids would be going through crazy shit all at the same time all right time. so but when so you have five teenagers in the house mm, i'm sure it's crazy <laughs> yeah so they're not bad kids it's just sometimes bad writing sometimes it's bad <laughs> writing and sometimes it's just bad choices on the you know okay. the good writing where the where the characters make realistic bad choices okay like right. one of the girls in the show is in juvie now because She's trying to solve the situation from a from a foster home she lived in in the past. This boy supposedly killed his mother or grandmother and is in jail, and Whoa. she knows that it wasn't him that killed the grandmother or mother. It was the uh, the biological son, and so she's trying to prove that, and the biological son – uh, almost kidnaps her. He doesn't really gets her to go in the in his car with him Yikes. under the guise of, of talking to her. And then they get in a car accident, and and they him and her both leave the scene. And then she goes to the cops to to tell them what happened, and they arrest her mm-hmm. for leaving the scene of an accident. And now she's back in juvie. I mean, oh boy. It, you know, she's got you know, and wow. this, this girl, this girl character is her name's Cat. The character's name is Callie. Mm-hmm. She's 
the girl the girl who plays her is fantastic. She's a great actress. You okay. really you really sympathize with her and empathize with her and uh, and she's also very a very one, you know, nice-looking young lady. She, she remind I was thinking, you know, it's just like Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You right. know, you know she's beautiful. I don't yeah. care what your sexual orientation is. Right. This girl who plays Callie is just a beautiful uh, just a naturally beautiful girl mm-hmm. and and but she's also a great actress, I, re- I really believe. And, and so you really care about her character and what happens to her. And she gets involved in these things. She has all these good intentions, but she's just a kid and she makes dumb mistakes. And now she's in juvie. And you're like, wow. God damn it, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you, you, you but, s- sounds like you're emotionally invested in these characters. I, I, and, and, and I definitely am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, but then I just wanted to mention, one of the reasons I want to mention it was because in the, one of the episodes a, a little bit ago, they did the stupidest thing that just made me mad as fuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk about bad writing and stupid things. Oh, so there, okay. one of the, one of the teenagers is in the hospital. Um, long story. He gets hurt and he's in, in a, in a coma mm-hmm. and, the moms have to be there, of course, while he's in the hospital. And the and one of the moms start. There's another lady in a coma in the room right next to him, of course. Yeah. And one of the ladies starts talking to the mom of the the adult lady in the coma in the next room. And the the mom says some comforting things uh, to the to the main character of the show. And and it's a it's a really nice moment between them. And then, of course, the next day, the husband shows up for the woman in the coma and, and the mom says to him, oh, yeah, I talked to your wife's mom last night. She's really nice. She's really a good person, blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, uh, she's been dead for like three years. And it's like, oh, was she an angel or a ghost uh, or what? Was she? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, just completely stupid. One of the oh. stupidest things I've ever seen on a show. Okay. And I was like, oh. Who wrote this? Who who what fucking Hallmark movie channel writer right. wrote this fucking episode? <laughs> that uh yeah, that sounds like the the true definition of glurge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look up glurge in the in the dictionary and you'll they'll be like, see the uh, episode one of the Foster's season <laughs> six or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. 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 I was just okay. like I was just like, oh uh, mm-hmm. I, I it was just like, oh, why would they do that? Why the fuck would they do that? But but yeah. Oh, anyway, well. what you gonna do? Sometimes, sometimes I know, right? A, a show that you like will disappoint you, but uh, it happens. So whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's on. You know, it's a show aimed at teenagers. It's on a fucking third-rate network. You, you talk about some of the shows on the CW. You should see some of the shows they have on Freeform. Okay, right, <laughs> like, Freeform. They're mm-hmm. just, yeah, just horrible. There's yeah. a show, the show that comes on around the Fosters is called Switched at Birth, and I don't know, it's got a deaf character. I don't know what, the, okay. I see like the last minute of it every week, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this show is about. <laughs> Why is it called Switched uh-huh. at Birth? That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think, uh, pr- <laughs> Pretty Little Liars was on uh, uh, Freeform, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, too. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I think also that's the same channel that has Pat Robertson late at night. It is. So after I see my cute little Jude with his little boyfriend um, holding hands walking down the school hall, then Mm -hmm. Pat Robertson comes on. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just like, Freeform. Why the fuck do you put this on? Why would you put this show on the air? <laughs> do you need money that bad? Well, his organization pays 
to it's like it's like it's almost like a paid program oh yeah it's 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 uh it's like a paid uh, what do you call it a infomercial right yeah religious uh, you know it's funny because i worked in in radio uh where that happens too where religious these religious programs on radio stations and on television pay mm-hmm. to be on yeah those those networks right they're that, not they, those they're networks not, are, yeah they're not selling any ads that's for sure Right. Yeah, that's yeah, it is an ad. It's a whole money-making ad exactly. scheme. Right. Uh called called religion, called organized religion. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> so did you watch um Walking Dead? Uh oh yeah, the season premiere. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or the mid-season premiere or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. Yeah, it's like uh yeah, the the voice the forces are slowly coming together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was I you know it was funny because it was kind of a slow episode. There wasn't a lot right that happened. It's a lot. I mean, of there setup. was stuff that happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they did have that one cool segment where they ran a wire between two cars and raced down the freeway <laughs> yeah. and cut a thousand zombies that in was, half. That was cool. That was an amazing uh, effect. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was breathtaking it was, it was, to see. <laughs> it was actually really well done. Yeah, all these heads um, popping up in the air and <laughs> yeah, torsos yeah. flopping uh, uh, over, torsos flying, yeah. <laughs> flying in half. It's yeah, while, it was crazy. Yeah, while uh, while hanging meat caught on the wire. <laughs> yeah. And, and the POV so. shot of the wire with all kinds of meat hanging off of it, and exactly. It was so, funny. And then at the end of the episode, Rick's group runs across a group of people they may or may not have ever seen before. Right. That's right. I couldn't remember exactly how it ended. Where are they? And I don't even remember where they're at. I think they're at that same that place where, where that uh, they, uh, they found this. Uh, it was like a house that was across a pond. And they had to get in that, that oh, yeah. rowboat that had holes in it to get across to that house. They were looking for um, um, Gabriel at that same, Father Gabriel, Father yeah, Gabriel that's at that right. area. And then they got surrounded by this uh, group, which, which strangely enough, seemed to be made up mostly of women. Right. So at I, first I, I was that. yeah. So at first I was thinking, is this that uh, uh, the uh, the island group? You know the 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 all, you know the group that had all the women on it that uh, right uh, whatever her name is uh, uh, discovered yeah that, I can't think that of her one, name that one episode um, that everyone and, hated yeah yeah and they tried to <laughs> yeah they tried to kill her as she was leaving and uh, right but anyway at first I thought it was that group but then I said oh but you know I see there's there's a bunch of men there also it just seemed there are to be some men there more women up front but, mm-hmm. right and then at the end of that scene rick smiles but you can't tell if he's smiling because he's like uh you know like oh god look at this mess we're in now mm-hmm. how, how ridiculous is this or yeah. but i thought he was smiling because he recognized someone so exactly. i was like maybe he's smiling because there's someone in that group that he recognizes and so he realizes that mm-hmm. it, it'll all work you know everything is okay but yeah um, it'll be interesting to see what that what that is yeah, yeah i guess we'll we, we will find out monday I would assume. Sunday. Yeah. What did I say? Did I say Monday? Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we I, pl- find I plan out on Sunday. just uh, DVRing it and waiting till Monday to of, watch it because that, course, that's the yeah, way I roll, man. No. Right? And no one, <laughs> no. no one at work talks about it to where if you don't watch it, you know, 
Don't worry, no one will mention anything about it at work. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Only half the people in the room that I, I in the office that I sit in. <laughs> so, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a right. it's a I I am um, I was like after I saw it I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even take any notes during this show." Uh, and it was kind of uh, uh, like you said, it's a setup show. It's kind of mm-hmm. slow. Not a lot really happened, right. other than it was you know it was cool for them to meet King Ezekiel and yeah. and um, and you know and then try and figure out exactly. Uh, oh, and then you know Daryl's hiding there with King Ezekiel, and they yes. they come looking for Daryl and oh, all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, and they're like, we well, we haven't seen him when when yeah when uh, when Negan's group comes to uh, yeah Alexandria looking for him yeah the guy Mm -hmm. the guy who's the in negan's group who's who's kind of been the involved with several times with different characters he's a real asshole you really hate him i I just refer to him as dick number two yeah (laughs) (laughs) because negan is dick number one right yeah exactly and you know, I, I just I just can't wait to the episode where that guy's fucking grinning head gets smashed in. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I hate to say he, that, but, you know, I'm sure most people are thinking that also. Oh, yeah. I'm way more. If I was them, I would be way more wary of that guy than I am of Negan. Negan, yeah. you can kind of give him a beer and chit chat with him and have mm-hmm. a few laughs and. He won't kill you. That guy's an evil fuck, man. Yeah, he's just, he's just a giant douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to fuck with that guy. Yeah, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I'll be glad when he gets his comeuppance. <laughs> right. The perfect perfect <laughs> word for it. Comeuppance. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, uh-huh. uh, this is us. The one more. Just we'll oh, do this is us. That's right. Because we are uh, oh. we are this is users. We are this is users. We are raging. I, um, this is users. dude i i you know just like we were saying with uh with um was it well anyway i just those characters like we've said before those characters you really care about them Mm -hmm. the stuff with randall is just really getting to me wow you know he's going through so much that it's just it breaks your heart right i just feel I'm just like, oh God, Randall, just just step away from, just yeah. tell work. I have to take a leave of absence. But, uh, I need to step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had because a he's had a, a full blown nervous breakdown for sure. At, he at has, and I yes. loved that. You know, there was the whole thing with Kevin getting ready for the play. Yes, and, and then stressing there about was it. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that beautiful moment between Kevin and and his stepfather Miguel. Um, Oh, where Miguel yeah. says, you know, j- just what I think about is I just think, what would Jack do? You know, what would your dad do? And mm-hmm. and I was just like that. And he's like, and you remind me of your dad. And and I was just like, that was the most, you know, yeah. that's the sh- that, that's the moment you watch the show for. Right. That moment where something real and honest and raw and mm-hmm. beautiful between two characters happen. And yeah. you're just like, wow, yeah, that. You- it's like you see, you can almost see this wall crumbling between them. Right, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was and very it's, emotional. It's very moving and 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 perfectly done, perfectly written, perfectly acted. Mm-hmm. And then that thing at the end where Randall's having his nervous breakdown and Kevin's about to go on stage and then they had 
they have that flashback where Kevin is a teenager and he comes home and see Rand- and sees Randall crying and just walks away. Yeah. And of course, this time he goes to to Randall. And I yeah. mean, if that doesn't just, it's just one of those. It's like that. It's so the flashback. You know, milieu, mm-hmm. milieu, 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 what's that word? Milieu, milieu. Mm-hmm. the flash bla- flashback milieu of that show mm-hmm. is an interesting part of the show, of course, but that's right. the perfect reason to use it because mm-hmm. you see what happened in the past and you see how a character has changed yeah. and to see that change in Kevin and at his most, the most important moment in his career, oh, yeah. he runs to help his brother, you know, right. and, you know, all he cares about is his brother. And, and I was like, man, that is a perfect moment. You know, yeah, there was, there you was, just, there was a lot on the line for Kevin there. And absolutely to walk away from that. I mean, professionally, he may never recover, but he would have never forgiven himself had he not gone to his brother and helping him in his uh, most dire time of need. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 I just yeah, a, that is a and, huge and, gesture. I mean, God. Right. And the way that they because of the of the of the structure of the show, the way they were able to show show that change in Kevin by using mm-hmm. the flashback right right yeah. right before it happened, you know, right at that right. moment when you when you need when you need to be reminded that these two brothers have had a horrible relationship in the past. Yeah. And you know, it just makes it all the more poignant when Kevin walks mm-hmm. into that room where Randall's on the floor. Just, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Well, I can't see. There's not enough words to praise that show. It yeah. does. It's it's so wonderful. It, it's the only show I watch where at when it's over, I'm like, man, I wish I was a better person. <laughs> you know, it just it just makes well, you want to be a good person, and it makes you believe in the goodness in, in, of people. Yeah. And right now, that's important for sure. Yeah. If yeah, and if it has that effect, then it's. It's succeeding on on so many levels. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, sh- it's one. Of, it's like it's the show we need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, in, in these times, <laughs> right now, I, you know, I don't know what the ratings are for it, but uh, I think you've said that they're you know very good, uh, and and rightfully mm-hmm. so. I'm glad. I'm glad that it's it's going to be around, and yeah, we'll probably yeah. see multiple seasons of it. Yeah, they've renewed it for se- for season two and three. Yeah. Um, although, just because they've renewed it, it doesn't necessarily mean they'll air all the episodes if the ratings start drip slipping down. But I don't. Yeah. I don't. If they keep up the, I mean, it's mm. amazing how how well they've kept up the quality and kept you interested in the show. Yeah. You know, because it could be such a, it certainly could be one of those flashback shows that oh, after a couple episodes it gets tiresome. You yeah. Know, oh yeah, we've we've seen this. Blah blah. You know. Right. But it that doesn't happen with this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh, they've they've avoided becoming hokey. Yeah. Through. Let's hope they continue to do that. Right. Which it, you uh, know, and like I've said before, the guy who is the main writer on the show, the creator, yeah. uh, I believe, is the guy who wrote and created Parenthood, which was a show that ran mm. five or six se- seasons, and uh, that I never got bored with or tired with. It seemed to be able to, subs- you know, the ratings did slip, but I, yeah. I thought the storyline stayed great. I, you know, I don't know. I think NBC moved it around, and mm. people lost track of where it was or something. But yeah. 
All right. All right. Should we do uh, our um, oblique strategy of the week? <laughs> Why, yes. Okay. I'm glad that you mentioned <laughs> it. Okay, here we go. Give the game away. Hmm. Give the game away. Wow. Hmm. What on earth could that mean? Wow. Well, it could mean multiple things, couldn't it? It could certainly mean yeah. stop okay. stop hiding all your machinations and and mm. just let everyone see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gi- yeah, giving the game away means kind of uh, revealing the secret or Right. Yeah, okay. All right. Right, but it but it could also mean giving the game away. Could also mean giving up, let just letting the other side have it, have well, the win. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, give the game away. Hmm. Yeah, but I like. I think it's more of a, of a stop trying to be so, stop worrying about the fact that someone might figure out what's going on. That's that's uh, your opponent, and okay. just. And just play the game, you know. Give it. Don't worry about. Don't worry about strategy. Mm. Worry about just playing the game. Wow. Could okay. be. Hmm. Could, could be. Mean, could mean different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a Stop good one. Stop trying to be so smart about it. <laughs> right. Well, I like this one better than last week's one. So anyway, this, I can't even remember what it was last week. I, th- I think it was openly resist change, but that was eh, that. That was okay, but I don't know. <laughs> Isn't know. that one of them libtard T-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Those libtards. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, those libtards. I'd like to talk about it, but I got to go shoot up a pizza parlor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But this one, give the game away. All right. Well, let's let's entreat our uh, listeners to uh, contemplate that meaning in their own lives and how it may uh, play into their uh, their psyches. So, yes, if their, you ha- their if you, daily <laughs> right struggles, their yeah, daily if, struggles. Yeah, if you listeners have any uh, ideas of what it might mean to you, uh, go to our Facebook page and. Uh, Make some comments or email us at uh, slope at ltvpod.com. Whatever is convenient for you. Cool. That's a, right. Yeah. A slippery slope on Facebook. Just go in that little search bar mm-hmm. on Facebook and where the magnifying glass is and type a slippery slope and you'll find our webpage. Yeah. And then like the page. We want to get as many likes as we can on the page. That way, every time that we post something, you'll know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We posted some stuff about. Uh, I posted some stuff about Twin Peaks this week. Yes, and, um, you did. And that's definitely something we'll be posting. Anything we can find about, and just anything that we talk about on the show that I see something online about, I will post to the page. Awesome. So it's a great way to keep up with the show during the week when you're waiting for the new episode. Yeah. So true. Okay, man. Well, good show. And so I will. Uh, Entreat our listeners to slide in <laughs> next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Ah, uh, lodger out and proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs>